0: So we're launching into a series uh, called Both and Being a Balanced Radical. Um, one of the great challenges that we struggle with uh, in the church in North America uh, is um, that increasingly uh, things are, are getting polarized uh, in terms of ideologies, in terms of theological points, in terms of uh, divisions in the church, things that separate one Christian uh, from another. And, and we see that, that in an increasing way, partly because of what's happened in the United States uh, politically, this is obviously a, a bigger issue in the States and it's somewhere where we as Canadians are following, uh, that there's increasing tension and increasing uh, sense of hostility and increasing sense of a uh, fractured church and a, and a fractured society and uh, one of the wonderful little pieces that's been written uh, to sort of speak into this issue is a book by uh, Rich Nathan called uh, Both And, Living the Christ-Centered Life in an Either-Or World. And, and Rich Nathan's uh, thinking on this uh, is, is something that was really, really important to me as, as I was wrestling with it, in particular in my job uh, working uh, with Vineyard Canada and trying to see our churches across the country uh, become better connected. Um, This book with uh, Rich Nathan and Insu Kim. Insu Kim, incidentally, is uh, planting a church in Vancouver now. He's come up to Canada to plant a church. We really want to be praying for them. Uh, It's a a great book, at least the 15% of it that I've read. And so I want to really encourage you to... uh, to maybe look at that, and I'm going to be reading a little bit more of it o- over the next while, but this core idea of being both-and Christians rather than being either-or Christians I think is, is really important, and, and we're going to just wade into that and, and discuss that a little bit uh, today, but there is tremendous pressure on us as people to, to be yes or no people. I, I'm just looking right now at uh, this uh, article from the National Post uh, last week. And this is just one uh, little example. I'm just walking uh, through uh, uh, Tim Hortons, and I see this, uh, this article out there as we're um, uh, walking through, and I realize that even this, this article, which is, is actually probably a pretty balanced article, what it does is it forces you to take uh, what, it, what is a very complex issue and, and just make a snap yes or no answer to it and And everywhere we go and on every kind of issue that the church struggles with or that society struggles with, and you see this popping up in your Facebook feed, you see it in Twitter, you see it on web polls and ads. just vote yes or no, yes or no and and very often uh yes or no is 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 an answer that leads us to in some cases a lot of pain and, and and a lot of tension um there's There's tension in that there's tension in the either or, and, and that's not to say that tension can't be a good thing, but in the case of the church and, and and where it's at and what we're trying to be in society, a lot of that tension, a lot of that pressure to be an either or person uh, is, is pressure that's just not helpful, just not helpful at all. Um, there's tension over issues like, are you an evangelical or are you a charismatic? in the church. Uh, are you somebody who is uh, a Bible believing, uh, evangelical, hymn singing, uh, history of the church celebrating evangelism, celebrating Christian or are you going to be identified as a Holy Spirit filled Christian and praying for the sick and, and which is the answer who are you going to be what's the most important thing to you and you see things lobbed back and forth from these two camps at each other uh, always trying to create some kind of balance always trying to uh, somehow stand over here while somebody else is standing over there to make a balance happen and, and the answer to that question is do you want to be either uh, evangelical or charismatic is yes <laughs> right there, there's, there's a balance in the both and. It could be on uh, what is your most important methodology for reaching people? Is it uh, see, doing social justice? Is it serving in the community? Is it doing the practical thing to demonstrate the love of Jesus? Or or is it proclamation? Is it, is it communicating the gospel in a, in a healthy way? Is it uh, telling Jesus' story? Is it apologetics? And the answer is yes both and we're, we're both and christians is it uh, endurance and suffering do you believe that god just comes and and meets us in our suffering and and wants to uh connect with us there and that he transforms us through suffering or is it uh, about blessing and healing god god blesses us and delivers us and and sets us free and and what's the answer yes this, this wasn't a question for the early church, but, but every time you see something come up, uh, be it on Facebook or in the blogosphere, and somebody puts an article that's out there, say, about blessing and healing and receiving the goodness of the Lord, right away you'll have a whole post of people posting something that's contrary to that, posting something that is, is saying, no, no, you have to realize that God will, will do this. God just wants to meet people in suffering. And, and, and so often in that attempt to create balance, uh, there, there's, there's so much pain in the church over, over stuff like that. Um, is it about grace and acceptance? Is it about grace and acceptance? We just accept people the way they are. We love people the way they are. Jesus loves people. Or is it about personal holiness? God's calling us to be a certain way and act a certain way. And he has opinions about how we, we live our lives. Uh, there's the, that's the middle of the culture war over things like same-sex marriage and, and other issues, constantly trying to balance these two things. Uh, what we're going to see from the scriptures, and what we're going to see looking at the life of the early church, that the answer is, do you believe in personal holiness, a God who has something to say to how we live, or do you believe in uh, loving people the way they are? The answer is, yes. The answer is yes and there's a way that we see in the scriptures to bring that together so we're going to wade into that uh, together in a in a few uh weeks is it spirit or word are you led by the spirit or led by the word of god do you believe in the authority of scriptures do you believe in the prophetic uh, how do you balance this out uh, do we believe in those things yes we do uh, is it about our orthodox belief believing the right things about Christianity, or is it just about relevant practice being relevant in society and having a way of worship that that uh, non believers can can understand? Is it about either of those things yes it is and so there's but there's tremendous tension to camp on on either side of all of these issues uh, there's this uh, great competition for your dollars there's this great competition for your interest in these things and, and you see it in particular again in social media where you're constantly being bombarded to settle on one side of, of any given issue to be an activist about that and and if you stand up and you say something strongly about that then a Christian or somebody else on another side of the issue will stand up right away to say something counter to you there's tremendous uh, competition uh, uh, even uh, politically even in terms of dollars even in terms of corporate associations associations with various issues that are competing for you to be an activist on this thing or that thing. Uh, There's a tremendous religiosity that we all struggle with, right? We struggle as people with uh, being uh, individuals who just want to be right. We think that loving Jesus means being right. And so we want to uh, just sort of have a place of rightness so we find that issue that feels right to us and we stand on it so that we can feel right. And often that's about feeling right relative to another person or relative... Uh, to another uh, group Uh, Christians have a way of wanting to stand out uh, as one being supportive of the group with whom they share identity or as being uh, somebody who stands very often uh, uh, opposed to people who don't believe what they do or else wanting not to be aligned with the church or or a religious group and wanting very much to help uh, that bridge the gap between that church and 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 the world, and and so we'll take an issue and we'll stand on it, hoping that we can be there and and bridging the gap and connecting people like that, because secularism is its own religion as well, isn't it? Secularism's a replacement religion, right? It's a it's a replacement for all of that. Uh, it, it's its own orthodoxy, it has its own rewards for compliance and its own punishments for apostasy. Doesn't it? So standing religiously as a secularist or standing religiously on an issue as a Christian is is part of how we create this pain and part of how we create uh, this Sometimes it's reactionism. When a church uh, begins to swing another way, if OVV were to swing as a church heavily towards the charismatic side, there would be those on the evangelical side who would want to just to be, even if they may be... Uh, identifying strongly as charismatics, so they might just move a little bit the other side just to try to balance us out. We have a tendency to want to create balance. Uh, this is one of my problems as a as a person when I have a friend on Facebook arguing about this thing i i 'll be it 's called devil 's advocate syndrome right <laughs> right and we could say any given thing on any given day just to try to balance what the other person is saying we 're very tempted to be reactionary to something that 's that's out there and something that somebody is passionate about. If we as a church were, were going really heavily into sort of an, an evangelicalism, Bible-based thing and we were ignoring the gifts and things of the Spirit, we would have charismatic people in the community. Those of us who, who believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we might just shuffle our way out to the other end of the, of the teeter-totter and, and try to ba- balance it out. Right? We're, we can be reactionary people. Uh, we can... Uh, it could be hyper-individualism. Right? or, uh, or this, uh, this incredible force uh, that's in our society, a- expressive individualism. This is uh, a, a term that was coined, uh, I believe, in Berkeley, California, some years ago in the 90s. Uh, the absolute uh, core doctrine of our society today is expressive individualism, it, which, which just says uh, to a person that I hold the supreme value, that every obligation that I might feel has to be subor- subordinated to the true self within. Everything that in, in my life has to be subordinated to the true self uh, that's, that's in. We, we communicate it by saying, uh, it just feels natural to me. I just need to be true to myself or, or I'm not going to live a lie or something like that. But it causes us to be absolutely focused on self and, and, and not at all... Uh, has any importance on the idea that what people around us think is actually is important too? That we live in a community that we're interconnected as people. That's another force that pushes us to the either or to the or. Or it could be uh, uh, politicization, right? And this is just huge in the states. It's a it's a smaller problem for us in in Canada, but we're ever increasingly. Uh, growing to have uh evangelical Christians associated with the right or the left or with with whatever uh side of the political spectrum uh that you're're you're, you're in L- let me just say one thing about this we 're in the middle of a of an election year so so this is something that can really step on our toes just a little bit can 't it you know sometimes as a as a pastor and i 'm sure this is the case for you as as people you know uh you can just be communicating with somebody and they might say to you, you know, I I, I don't believe in God. I, I don't believe in God. And just in the course of our sharing our faith and sharing our journey with people, they might say, I, I don't believe in God. And one of the things that I sort of always wish I had the boldness to say, and which would be a really good question to ask, is which, which God don't you believe in? Which God don't you believe in? And someone might say, I don't believe in a God who would delight in human suffering. And I would say, I don't, I don't believe in that God either. I, I believe in the God who suffers with us. Or someone might say, I don't believe in a God who would send people to hell. And I would say, I, I don't believe in that God either. I, I believe in a God who made a way for that not to happen. And, and if humans are going to experience hell, it's, it's chosen by them. So, so I, don't, I don't believe in that God either. Uh, Muhammad Ali famously said um, when he converted uh, from uh, Christianity to Islam, uh, he was asked, why did you make this conversion? He said, I don't believe in a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus. I don't believe in a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus either. (laughs) Right? He he was a Jewish man (laughs) who lived in Palestine, probably had pretty curly hair, swarthy skin. I don't believe in a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus either. I don't believe in a God who is okay with refugee babies lying on a beach. I don't believe in that God. I don't believe in a God who is okay with people standing by who are strong, watching the weak, persecuted by the violent. I don't believe in that God. I don't believe in a God who's anti-women. I don't believe in a God who is a progressive conservative. I'm pretty sure God didn't sign up for the party. And I'm pretty sure he's not a member of the Liberal Party of Canada either. I'm pretty sure that's not who God signed up to be. I'm pretty sure he's not a right-wing God, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in a left-wing God. I don't believe that any of the forces that are competing for our time and our attention and our money. I believe in Jesus Christ who is the creator of the universe. I uh, the only one who exemplified the standard to which we must live. I believe in his party. Right? I believe in his party. And the uh, objective of us as Christians is to help Canadians join his party. <laughs> is the government going to change the world? I mean, I'm not saying don't be involved in politics, but I'm saying remember the scale of importance. What happens politically in this country is like this. What happens with the church, what happens with the knowledge of Jesus Christ in the country is eternal. eternal and huge, of hugely important. And here in this election time, we absolutely have to keep that in perspective. And so here we are is in this uh, world that's hyper-polarized, this world that is uh, sort of wrestling with itself and struggling all over all of these issues. Uh, Charles uh, Simeon, who is... Uh, A person who lived, uh, you know, straddled the decade between the 1700s and 1800s, was a bishop uh, in the UK, uh, in Canterbury, and one of the things that he said is this, he said, "'Often the truth is not in the middle and not in one extreme, but in both extremes.'" Often, Often the truth is not in the middle, it's not in one extreme. It's in both extremes. And so to balance the scales, to live the balanced life, we're not looking at the influences over here, and we're not looking at the influences over there, and we're not looking at our friends in Facebook or this community over here. We're not looking at our friends on Twitter and this over here. We're looking at Jesus Christ. The balanced, radical Christian life is a both-hand life. And we're going to explain that from the scriptures. Uh, The heart of all these questions uh, is this. How do we love? How do we love as people? That's the very heart of these questions. How do we love people? How do we love God? How do we worship? How do we care for people? And on those questions, the Bible is a both and book. Micah 6.8, and we can trace this uh, through the scriptures. Well, we can see it even long before Micah. We see it uh, in the Decalogue. We see it in the Ten Commandments, right? Uh, The Ten Commandments are broken into two groups linguistically. They're the first things. They are one through four. uh, That you will have no other gods beside me, uh, no graven images. Keep the Lord's name holy. Keep the Sabbath. All about how we love God. The last six commandments honor your parents. It's a big commandment. Honor your parents. Don't murder people. Don't do adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't covet. All about how we love people. From the very beginning of God revealing Himself to people. It, it, in, in the world through the Jewish nation. He, he did it as as somebody who believed in both sides, as somebody who is leading us to a balanced life between loving God and loving people. Uh, we see it in um, uh, a wonderful story, in, in the story of Elijah. We see God using this incredible prophet Elijah to confront the people of Israel uh, on issues that they were struggling with and con- confront the leadership of Israel on, on all of these issues and, and we know the famous story of, of Elijah confronting the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel with the the two sacrifices you know the story of the one he cons- consumed with fire like God consumed Elijah's sacrifice with fire and on the other hand uh the the prophets of Baal just sort of uh, in idolatry heard nothing from heaven uh, just empty and and, and nothing just empty broken lives and and uh, and here we have uh, Elijah confronting idolatry and the other issue that he confronts in his life in 1 Kings uh, chapter uh, 21 is he confronts Ahab the king for the injustice of stealing someone's vineyard and Elijah ca- confronts that with the exact same passion. Uh, Through the prophet, God's passionate about how we love God and passionate about how we love people. Uh, Micah 6, 8, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly before an almighty and powerful God. It's not either or. It's both and. Uh, In Jeremiah, uh, talking about the the people of Israel who have, uh, have forsaken God, they have forsaken me and made this a place of foreign gods. They have burned incense in it to gods that neither they nor their ancestors nor the kings of Judah ever knew, and they have filled this place with the blood of the innocent. They've been in idolatry, and they've been unjust. God's challenging them on both. Uh, Jesus, Matthew twenty two thirty six. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets. Love the Lord your God. And you know the tagline, the little uh, phrase that's, uh, that's uh, beside our logo on our website at OVV. Loving God, loving people, and having fun together. That's what we're all about as a community. Uh, looking at James. Those that consider themselves religious and do not yet keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts is pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. James 1, uh, 26 and 27. Look after orphans, look after widows, and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And so the question is, on any moment when you are, as a person, wrestling with what do I say to this issue, what do I say in this space, what do I say when my friends are arguing, what do I, where do I stand on this given thing, what I want to say to you, because we see it in the scriptures, place after place after place and time after time, that the answer can only be found with both of those things held closely in your heart. How does my answer here love Jesus and respect God and who He is and recognize the personhood of God and how does my answer love people. And I promise you, if you hold those things together, you'll find an answer that's a godly answer, that's a good answer, and that will make a difference. But if you let yourself land on one side or the other of those, there, there's only pain and there's only disaster. God's calling us to hold both those things in tension. Now, I get into a lot of these discussions on, on Facebook, and that's just dumb, mostly. Uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of the times, I, you know, I'm sort of, Caught up in this thing where, where some friend in the theological world or in the pastoral world will say something that I feel like is, is out of balance, and I might uh, speak something to that, and and on the other side of the issue, someone may say something that's out of the balance, and I, I might speak something to that, and and one of the things that uh, that I sort of didn't notice or, or don't always notice is is what the whole picture looks like, uh, for. For me as a person, what what does that look like? And uh, and one of the interesting things in in trying to be a both and Christian is that that sometimes uh, I hear from other people who who do take a look at all of what I say, and who sort of straddle some of these worlds that I'm involved in, and and have something to say. And I just want to I just want to share with you a, a message that I received from somebody that that really captured what what. My prayer for us is, my hope for us is, as we try to be people who uh, are are both fully engaged in, in the in the passion of loving God and the passion of loving people. This is what I received, uh, and this was this was months ago, actually. But uh, let's post this up for you here, Aaron. I I can't quite understand what you are. You're not like the other extians I know. <laughs> uh, you're. Uh, sometimes you sound like you think God is big and holy and scary and like he really wants us to live a certain way and sometimes you sound like he is really gentle and accepting and really loves us the only think, a little spelling error there I can conclude is that you believe both ideas all of a sudden that makes so much sense to me, there is something really attractive about that it's like God's love but like his love really cares. And that's what we're supposed to be. That's who God is. He's, he's a God who loves us, who accepts us, who who feels an enormous affection for his people and really calls us as people to love people uh, completely and with integrity. And at the same time, he absolutely is a holy God who sets a standard for us and wants us to live a certain way. He is fully both of those things. He's fully both of those things. And, and that's the challenge for us as Christians, uh, to live in that way. And uh, that's where the joy is. And that's where the peace is. That's where the freedom is for us as people. The joy-filled, Jesus-centered life is a both-and-life, and and that's what it is to be a radical Christian in this society, to believe that God is both holy and to believe that God is loving. And, And the thing is, if we don't live like this, that earlier image I shared of, of, of those issues we're fighting with and wrestling with and that incredible tension uh, in the middle. You'll remember that image that I, that I had on screen. No, nobody is attracted to that. No, nobody, nobody wants that to have anything to do with us if we live like that. Nobody wants anything. And, and, and not only that, not only do they not want anything to do with us uh, when we live like that and that kind of conflict and that kind of strife, but, uh, you know, what? they can't see Jesus at all in it. They can't see Jesus at all. They can't see this holy, loving, and holy, holy, H-O-L-Y, God. And so over the next few weeks, that's what we're going to talk about. How do we do that? Uh, How do we do that around a number of these different issues that we've discussed? We're going to wade into uh, some of the really nitty-gritty stuff of the culture wars, and we're going to talk about some of the bigger picture uh, wars in terms of ideologies in the church. But but we're going to wrestle with that. And what I want to leave you with uh, this morning, though, is just two little tips. How do you do that? How do you live fully both and fully and? on some of these issues Uh, uh, because in in some cases it's actually really hard to do. But the first thing is, is as Christians, if you find yourself constantly on one side of something that you should be on the other side of uh, or on both sides of is is you need to just do the hard work of of just shifting your weight. (laughs) And how do we do that? How do we shift our weight? How do we exercise uh, these muscles on one side? that we haven't exercised before. If you're a person who truly believes in, in proclaiming the gospel and apologetics and, and saying the things uh, that, that we need to say so that people understand Jesus and who he is, but, but there's not a bone in your body that's engaged in social justice, then you need to stretch yourself to, to put a foot down there and involve yourself in something that makes a difference you need to stretch yourself to do that and here's the other thing if you feel like you're balanced and you're on one side of a particular issue and sometimes you know there are moments in life and moments in our in our journey as christians where we have to specialize in one thing there are people here who are social justice specialists, that that's what they live and breathe, and that's what they're they're all about. And, and if that's you and most of your world is there, and that's just who you have to be, uh, to live as a both-end Christian, uh, you need to really, really celebrate the, the other side. You need with your words and your encouragement uh, of the body of Christ to just be a person who celebrates the other side of that issue. And so that's the challenge for us as a church. That's the challenge for us uh, going forward. Uh, part of this, it's part of the dream of this community. It's part of the dream of building uh, OVV, and, and it's part of why we are what we are. It's part of what you have have made this church be as a church that, that is trying to be balanced. And by balanced, I don't mean like standing on one foot having no impact anywhere at all. By balanced, I mean people who are engaged and fully functional in all that God has called us to be. And so I just call us to think of that again as a pastor. I call us to that again, to become involved, to do the things that God is calling us to do, to to engage. And and we're going to talk again, as I said, uh, in future weeks about what that means on on a lot of these things, to be uh, a both-and Christian. So so here we go let's just all stand together Holy Spirit would you come and would you teach us how to love would you come and would you love us uh, we come with all kinds of things this morning with, with uh, healing needed with physical healing needed with fears with anxieties with bondages Come, Holy Spirit, and move. Come, Holy Spirit, and uh, and touch us. Would you uh, bring us to center? Would you make us Christ-centered people? Would you make us Christ-centered people? Would you set us free, God? Pour out your grace. Pour out your love. Would you fill us, Holy Spirit? Would you refresh us? Would you strengthen us? All these words aside, Lord, we just want to encounter you.